Hey everybody, this is Petey from the Spinner Rack. We also have Calvin Ellis, ready to rock. Today, um, we have the we do our memorial of the great John Romita, um, the classic artist. He was an artist on both companies early on in his career. He did some Captain America in the fifties. He did some romance for both companies in the at the end, towards the end of the fifties. Then he left comics only to be dragged back by Stan Lee, where he was immortalized as one of the best artists that they had there. At least his look would be the look for Marvel, at least the faces, the form might be what Kirby did and or what, um, what's the name, what um, John Buscema kind of extrapolate from that. But here's a caricature of him with the, the Spider-Man characters that some he created, some that he took on, but you know, he took the book to, um, took Spider-Man from number two to number one. So it was a healthy, um, you know, move. This, this would happen during this time, same when Kirby left and John Buscemi did it. But you know, it's a, it was such a book that was connected with Ditko and his style and his personality that, um, the book just kept going with um the book had legs with John Romita and John Romita also was um uh you know which he he said he struggled with plotting the book but you know he got used to it and he even said talking about the Gwen, the death of Gwen Stacy that you know he plotted it with um you know um was it Jerry Conway and uh, getting you know the what would happen in it and the, the writing kind of add, adding the snap added a whole nother thing to it. So he was very much the process of Marvel sort of storyteller. He was very humble as far as what he was doing. But any first words from, from you, Cal? Uh, well, again, we, we lost yet another comic book giant. And you know, it really saddens me because the way the comics are going right now, I mean, it's totally different, but we just don't have anyone else who seems like they're going to be giant i mean with you look at somebody like john ramita and he comes on the he, specifically with spider-man when he comes on and what he does becomes the look you know like the official house look of what spider-man is supposed to look like and it stays like that for it stays like that in licensing for a long time for a long time and then it governs the way that the comics are going to go uh, are going to go from there it just doesn't, you know, it just doesn't really happen any longer. I mean, I understand that, you know, it's a different time. A lot of these things are set. Uh, part of the reasons why it's set is because of a guy like John Romita Sr. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, do, it does greatly sadden me because this is a, these guys, I mean, they're not going to be here forever. But at the same point, there's like, and, you know, there's never another John Romita Sr. But at the same point, it's, you just don't really, at least for me, I don't really feel that anybody else comes down the pike, you know, to do what these guys did. Maybe they do something even bigger, but, you know, definitely just feels, it just feels like there's a void just keeps getting bigger and bigger every year and there's really nobody to fill it. Yeah. Um, one of the things, um, you know, obviously, you know, him doing stuff on Spider-Man, uh, you know, not, I don't know how long run on Captain Mary where he inked himself a lot of those issues and redesign, but most of the time people will say, I mean, he, th thankfully he got some write-ups in the Times and the Hollywood Reporter, you know, someone that really wouldn't be that known to the public, you know, but at the same time, if you've seen, as you described his Spider-Man, a lot of the faces of Marvel 
Like he would, um, like that was his job as art director to keep things in line. So even the Hulk's face, he would um, do stuff that keep what whatever Stan had in mind, whatever Stan liked. Now Stan kind of struggled with John Romita on uh, Spider-Man because he wanted it to be, even though he liked the dynamics, he wanted the Peter Parker to not be as handsome. He, um, you know, struggled with some of the. He struggled with um, Gwen Stacy not being as, um, not being connecting to the audience as much as Mary Jane. And at some point, he just said he just gave up. But despite that initial struggle, him he basically would go through comic books and the covers and, and, and images, and he would just redraw faces, whichever ones he thought that Stan wouldn't like, and that's basically was. And Stan officially was okay with it all the time. I think, I think he pushed back. He didn't want to do it on a Thor issue. There's a Thor issue that Simonson did, where I think Thor is walking the camera, his face is all messed up, and he's walking the camera. It's like it was at three fifty one, and Shooter was like, uh, "I don't think this is right." So John, can you redraw this? And he was like, he really didn't want to do it because it also they knew that they could, you know, sometimes the his peers would be like, let me just draw a face to see if John Romito will redraw it. <laughs> and he's like, he's there to start redrawing it. And then he saw Simonson's face. He's like, the Thor's kind of in a fight. So why should I, why should I really do this? And he hoping that Shooter would forget what he did and he didn't redraw it. So, you know, it's a, you know, the, the, the classic look where you had, you know, the creation of it is synonymous with, of Marvel is synonymous with Kirby and, um, and Ditko and some of the other collaborators from the early on, but this look of not just Spider-Man, but the faces of these characters and continuing the success of Marvel, even though the 70s was kind of rougher for comics, um, it was still selling a lot. So, you know, they're still, still keeping in line that look that he gave them. So that he those faces that he was giving the characters, even a Hulk who's supposed to be a monster, was going to be that look. Let's say with Fantastic Four, it was more Joe Sinnott, but it was kind of getting these books. But a lot of the faces were Romita, where he would draw a cover and he would redraw a face on it. Or he'd redo Spider Man in your book type of deal if he showed up in it, if he saw something wrong, or just as mean. And, you know, as, as uh, what's it? Uh, what's the thing? Romita's Raiders. And here, uh, I wanted to do, you know, sort of a later look of him being older, one of, you know, one of the old pros at Marvel with his Romita Raiders and this picture of him, you know, drawing all of the, the, the female characters. Where in this one we get Gwen as a platinum blonde. <laughs> and um, I guess this is um, Virginia Romito back here. So who's a the, the slave driver at Marvel, get people online with their books. So you got a lot of um you know, a lot of classic stuff from John Romita. But let's talk about his, what people like to talk about, his creations or his, his designs. Bring them, bring it out. What You tell them. What did he design? Mary Jane Watson. De definitely did Mary Jane. Uh, who else? I mean, big characters. Well, well, we can't just rush over Mary Jane Watson that, that fast. That's the big one. That's definitely I mean, before, a big one. But Without, I mean, previous to what John Romita, I mean, one, you get that great sequence of, you know, face the tiger, you hit the jackpot. And before that, you know, we just got cameos of Mary Jane Watson. Either she was, her head was wrapped in a scarf or she was like an arm behind a plant or something of that nature. And so the buildup had to be when we finally saw her, 
especially since they were doing the whole bait and switch that, you know, we didn't get to see her. So, you know, she's probably a dog or something. And Peter, you know, definitely trying to duck out. So when we see her, that's, you know, a big moment. I can't remember if it was a splash page or if it was just, uh, I think it was a, if no, I remember it was just a, a full, it was a, it was a small, full panel. It's, it's a it was panel. a full, yeah. It's a full, yeah. But well, I know, think one, one of the things that they, I think, um, I think a lot of people forgot that, that um, they didn't ever show the face, but she was glamorous in description. So when they, when they were doing it, Stan and John Romita was like, we're going against type. She's not going to be the dog that, <laughs> that Peter thinks. And at the same time, she never was supposed to be the dog, but I don't, obviously. Uh, well, like, no, because everybody was saying she was, and he was taking it like, oh, she's one of these girls with a great personality, right? I'm out of here. Yeah. And it's his, yeah. it's his aunts, his aunt and her friend were trying to set him up. He's like, what do they know? I'm out. You know, I'm not doing, I'm not going to be bothered with this. You're not, you're not going to set me up with this chick. But uh, well, the other thing, if you, I mean, Ramita's time with the, I thought, I really think it's Ramita's time with the romance comics that helps to set the stage for what he did with Spider-Man because the romance comics is pure pretty people. It's a handsome guy. It's a pretty girl. It's a pretty girl. It's a handsome guy. There aren't any ugly people in the romance comics. They don't exist. It, I've read enough of the I've read enough of the stories that even the ugly person is just usually the person with glasses and brown hair. That's the ugliest that they ever got. So when he gets over he gets over the Spider Man and yes, you know Stan is going to definitely have some issue with this, uh, the you know with the, the, the beautification that Ramita was bringing. But I, it would be hard for me to see him doing anything else. And then Mary Jane is his creation. It's uh, I know that he based Mary Jane Watson on Anne Margaret. So. Mm-hmm. You know, he was taken uh, from like Viva Las Vegas or no, Bye Bye Birdie. So he was taking, you know, I mean, he, he like, you know, the, the uh, you know, the shape, the outfits, all of that stuff. Gwen, you know, Gwen wasn't his. So the, you know, the connection and so on and so, and so forth isn't going to be there. It just wasn't there at the end of the day. So a lot of that stuff, you can just see it happening. I mean, if Dicko had stayed on the book, we'd probably get something. We, well, we would have got something different altogether, but that didn't happen. We get what we get, and we get the major love interest, you know, for Spider-Man for you know for decades until Joe Casada decides he knows better than everybody else. And when her her appearance is this classic appearance that, you know, is one of these uh, watershed one of these watershed moments in comics where it's just like a really big payoff and a big big reason for that was John Romita Jr.'s um, Junior Senior's rendering of Mary Jane Watson. Okay. Yeah, no, it's a definitely. Uh... You know, a character that was a mainstay. I think in what was it? Uh, I don't know if the fans necessarily um, like. Same with um, Spider-Man and his personality. Like it's the only person I've heard describe her kind of the way she was in those early books. Because obviously, Tom DeFalco, they tried to give her sort of a rougher background and a harsher backstory, where she was mainly a party girl. The only person I heard say describe her in kind of the right ways um as far as her character is uh was it um jennifer tilly where she was talking about she was a spider-man fan and she was talking about how mary jane would like drive the guys crazy in the book and it's like that's the perfect person to say that because i'm pretty sure she <laughs> but it was kind of a not a total not a, like a full-on airhead but just a character that was just a party type of girl like she comes in she's dancing had all this energy she has these things where she's dating Harry, but at the same time, it's like, hey, Peter, you know, come hang out. <laughs> He's like, what is she doing? She's like, so it was like kind of one of these characters that really was like knock over the apple carts and they even try to keep that going when she turned down 
three different marriage. Um, she would come in where he would have some girlfriend and he, he, he still let her keep the key <laughs> in place. But she has a touching moment, which is in the death of Gwen Stacy, where she, um, you know, she's there for him, where she seems like, you know, because you see how hard she was when she's he's upset with Gwen dying, you know, dying. And he's like telling her to just go out there, and, you know, don't hang with us straights. And she's a, she takes it in shock, but at the same time, she closes the door and she stays with them. And then they kind of build this friendship and they had their first kiss some point later. And she said, why didn't we do this sooner? <laughs> so she was just kind of the, the energy in the book. Whereas early in the book, I, which I connected with, um, was it, um, what's her name? Liz Allen and Betty Brandt, which, uh, and I really liked the new Gwen, when Gwen came in there, but she's very different, the one that, um, Everyone knows. I mean, Gwen is almost with her passing. She kind of gains a lot of notoriety with the same amount as um, as uh, Mary Jane. But it was kind of um, while it was going on, they did everything they could to make um, Gwen like stand out. <laughs> you know, they look like sisters in this picture I have up here. Yeah. Well. I don't know. So that, that reminds me of like we, when I would look at the, the way they would design people for cartoons and it was literally the same face. Everybody pretty much the same face, just darker hair, maybe different shaped eyes. But you got to get you got to get the books out on time. Got to get the books out on time. So with that, let's uh, I get out of this thing here for a second. Well, if you still want, if you want to keep the same, if you want to keep in the same mode with his uh, big creations, I mean, I always, for me, Mary Jane Watson, that's just... Cause no, this is the one. I'm not... I'm not that's I'm just not the, that, yeah, because his Spider-Man stuff is... His Spider-Man work is, you know, the, you know that's the, you know, that's going to be the, the apogee of his of his career, the apex. And that was probably the... That's going to be the biggest... That's going to be the biggest character. But, you know, of course... Well, for, you know, for all you black exploitation fans, Luke Cage... Again, and for all you people who like, for all you people who like, shoot him up, the Punisher. Well, let's stick and... with uh, let's stick with um, Luke Cage for a second, right? So we had him get this great design, even though over time people will oh yellow and this is comic books, so chill. Oh, you got a tiara? No, it's a it's a it's a metal head headband. So it's just like so people tear this apart, but at the time. You know, just a, was a fun character that became a Marvel mainstay. And even though Stan had some issue with this character, obviously you can see in this book, you know, he was trying to make his way in Marvel. You know, he was making his way as Marvel and became kind of a a mainstay with um, him and Power Man and Iron Fist. But, you know, definitely, you know, we had... Uh, hmm? I don't know if the people ever got it. Luke Cage is not a superhero when we meet him. Luke Cage is a hero for hire. Okay, he's pretty much a mercenary. And he decides, well, I need a costume. And if you look at the costume, that's what he thinks superheroes are supposed to look like. <laughs> that's, that's Luke like, hey, I got to get these guys. Are, I got one guy running around dressed like a flag. Other guys dressed like a spider. You know, look at this one. Look at that one. Okay. So he just pretty much, I mean, he pretty much just cobbles some stuff together. He's like, all right, this looks pretty flamboyant. Let me go over here and do what, uh, whatever needs to be done. And literally for Luke Cage, Luke Cage has more of a costume that, at least for me, than any other character at that time, and he's trying to approximate what the other guys wear. Okay, you notice there's no, uh, you know, where everybody else may have the symbol right there in the middle of the chest. His symbol is just the open chest. Mm -hmm. You know, like he's going to a like he's going to a club or something. It's a bright color. 
I got this. All right. Okay, good. I'm, I'm ready. Okay, I'm here. I'm distinctive. Give me my money so I can come over here. What do you need? All right. You have any money? Okay, good. We can get this done. Well, that's the thing. I think with um, with Stan, when they, I guess when they came up with it, they decided to have a, him have a, a disappear. It's not his first appearance, but it's like appear in Spider-Man. Kind of like um, they decided, hey, you know, Spider-Man would have some issue with this guy taking money for being a superhero. And it's like, that's like what Spider-Man was doing early on and, and upset when, hey, Fantastic Four, I should get a top salary with you guys. And this one is like, you <laughs> going out there for money is like, dude. <laughs> and he kept and he kept on doing it. Later on, he goes to the Avengers because he wants to get paid. He yes. found out how much the Avengers were getting a week in terms of a stipend. And he's like, he just, what? he breaks into Avengers yeah. Mansion yeah. saying, I'm here, yeah. you know. So that's the that's the thing. So you mentioned you mentioned the Punisher. This is um, this is one of Marvel's greatest secrets. Um, obviously, I think the issue was drawn by Ross Andrew, but the, the design itself was by John Romita. Obviously, the create you know Jerry Conway you know tells him what he, what he's thinking, and then you get the what the character is, and the design itself is by John Romita. So this is one of Marvel's greatest secrets. They just had him sitting here. It wasn't a big deal. And then they did a backup thing. I think Marvel premiere with this character. Still wasn't a big deal. It was a magazine. Still wasn't a big deal. Then he showed up and fans would be like, oh, yeah, cool. And Captain America, you see him standing on the, over the shield. Got the gun out of cap. It's like, oh, sweat. Then Daredevil, killing it in Daredevil. And then next thing you know, um, they have the miniseries by Mike. Mike Zek is, is finally free of the Secret Wars. And the breakout thing is Punisher is a hit. Regular series, a big hit. Big enough hit, there's another series after this. So it's one of, it's, it's one of a couple of Marvel's greatest secrets where people are trying to figure out who's going to be the next guy. And he wasn't the next guy, but he was the guy after the next guy. So um, before we get to that guy, what was, I, don't, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to mess this up. I think I'm going to mess this up. Do I have it ready? No, don't. It's that. So is this the right one? Yeah, Kingpin. Let's not forget the Kingpin. This is a classic Stan character who's heavy type of character. And even though Marvel gave up on him in the 70s, he made a big comeback in the 80s. And, um, you know, he's he's in Spider-Man. He's in the TV shows. He's in the Into the Spider-Verse. So he, he's... He's stamped his way in the comics, and now we got to get to the big one. You want to say it? No, I'll let you take that one. Big one for me is Mary Jane. <laughs> I'm saying what people are talking about. They did, they should have said it in the paper, but I expect them not to. But Wolverine, he did design Wolverine. He didn't they didn't have a face at this point, but the costume design. Wolverine actually has many um, people that helped him along and carried the baton, but. Obviously, the initial people only really care about the initial person, the first drum, and he came up with that that design and the claws and whatnot, even though the claws are only part of the gloves. Um, some of the mainstays in here, the claws, the big belt, the actual boots, and uh, you know the, the costume was re redesigned and redesigned a few times after this, but you know, John Romita is one of the first to do that. So, um... My other thing I wanted to do since we're here, I have that available. 
This is one of my favorite images that he did. This is the most Ditko image that he's ever done of uh, Spider-Man, where Spider-Man's legs are forward and his back is almost to camera. And so the person who does, the, like John Romita is one of the guys that does perfect anatomy. And this is the most spidery pose that he's ever done, where the, the whatever the joints in his back are totally twisted around. It's such a great, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> um, it's a good shot. And then what else I wanted to do? One of the things that this is all oh, this is one I had as a kid. No, I think I had the next issue, which is next issue is him and uh, Gil Kane. But this one he yep. did the art by himself, and it's just like he did the inking and the uh, you know inking, and that's what he initially wanted to do when he came to Marvel was just ink. He, he was totally out of penciling, and Stan brought him back to it. And you can see post post um the seventies, you can see less and less. Um, actually, oh, you got glo- that's, a, that's a good story. You don't don't gloss over that. Tell people the story. But how how Stan got him to Marvel? You do it. You do. That's on you. I just... well, he had already he had already done uh, what is the I think he did about eight years of DC with the Romance comics, and then they had done you know, the Romance comics had a ton of inventory. So when interest started to die down, they could still keep the Romance comics going, but you know they weren't paying for any new stories at the end of the day. And Ramita thought he, he really felt he had been just burned out as a penciler. But Stan, okay, who doesn't get enough credit for being an editor, heard that Ramita was leaving DC and he was trying to transition from DC because he was still doing like a bunch of freelance work, but he was trying to transition from DC into getting a uh, like a like a full-time ad like full-time ad job. Mm-hmm. And Stan grabbed him before he got, you know, before he got his feet set at any other place. And he said, No, no, come over to Marvel. I'll match what you know, I'll make certain that you're gonna get whatever you're gonna get over there. You know, you can work at home, you can work there. Ramita's still like, ah, oh, man, look, I don't got it anymore. I just want to do the inks. I'm burned out and so on and so forth. He's like, no, I got this guy on Daredevil and I don't really like what he's doing. And Stan has the stuff. And it's like a three hour lunch over that he tells him. He's like, here, here, check these images over here. Show me what you would do with it. And Ramita does that. Stan loves everything. He gets on the, uh, he gets on Daredevil and the sales improve. Now, you know, again, but this is like a, with nuance at the end of the day, but the sales for Daredevil, the sales for Daredevil improve. And then he actually starts testing them out. For, then he starts testing them out for Spider-Man while on Daredevil and the rest is, and the rest is history. But, you know, Stan, again, Stan had a really good eye as for what he wanted and for what he thought would work pretty well. And what he thought would work pretty well, at least with Daredevil, only eight issues, uh, Ramita only did eight issues on Daredevil. At least, at least initially, he may have come back and done some other stuff. But that's you know, then from there, it just leaves Frog to Spider Man, which uh, he you know, and those are first initial issues. He thought Ditko was coming back. He mm-hmm. couldn't imagine why anybody would walk off a book that was that you know selling that well. And then I think about we get like six, seven issues in, and that's when we actually see Ramita start. Look, I'm okay. I'm just gonna I'm gonna do this my way at the end of the day, and that's what would happen. And him and uh. Did one shot. Him and Gil Kane did a ton of covers for Marvel between what is that? I think like between late, maybe like from '68. I don't remember the exact time, but just a ton of covers between. I mean, literally, you name it, they did it. You know, Amazing Spider-Man, Marvel Team Up, Thor, ton of covers, both of them. You would be so you would be so surprised. I would look at something. I was like, oh, that's Gil Kane. No, that's Kane and Ramita. Oh, that's Ramita. No, that's Ramita and Gil Kane. Those guys were, I mean, literally, they, uh, the only other team that I know of that worked and did that much stuff together is uh, Murphy Anderson and Kurt Swan. 
you know, I, you just look at, they did a, I mean, they just did a ton of that stuff at the end of the day, but you got Gil Kane and you got John Romita Jr. You know, you, you don't waste it. And like you said, that's what Romita had wanted to do when he gave the Marvel. He's like, look, I really want to scale this back. And as art director, yeah, you come over, you do some covers, you ink one, you draw one and you're, and you're all right. Well, listen, um, the only ad that um, when he got to Daredevil and um, he even says, I think it says the usual the pencil and wizardry, when Stan saw the full issue that he did, he's like, this is a little quiet. So he's called up Jack Kirby and Jack Kirby did like a sequence where you see Daredevil jump out a window, his, he land on two moving cars <laughs> and then Romita said, okay, I got it. I got it. So it was a. He said from him doing plots, it was a constant. It was a constant struggle, but at the same time, and trying to get these things. So Stan would just basically say, "Hey, next month, this guy's the villain." <laughs> like and him with his family and his kids, they were you know, kind of working together. Where he, I guess, his kids kind of helped him with energy, asking him questions and stuff like that. Which obviously, yeah. me the Junior he has another son too. Which they would be around while he was doing this stuff. So, um, but yeah, he's uh, you know the, the, from there, from what you were saying, and the interesting part is is that he to his peers like Kirby and um, and Busima, they really recognize him as a, a great artist. He kind of saw himself as not the creator that Kirby or um, Ditko were, but they would be they'd see him throwing out a page and they'd be like. Um, Romita, throw away the eraser. <laughs> You're like, that's a good drawing. Like, don't throw that away and that sort of thing. So it's like, and so they, you know, a lot of people saw how great he was. But at the same time, it's interesting because when Kirby left, he said he did talk to Romita and said, stick to with me, Romita. I'll make you a genius yet. And he wanted to drag him over to DC to do the new gods. And, um, I think as far as editing and money-wise, that probably DC was never going to match anything that Marvel was doing, so that didn't happen. But he said, I always think about if I would have left with um, Kirby, what would have happened? And it would been interesting, even if they kind of, because we've seen Romita Inc. Um, Kirby stuff, and I kind of look at, um, who is it? Steve Rude is kind of a merger of what Kirby, his, like Kirby, his Kirby, like do read the Steve Rules Kirby is the cleanest Kirby, so it kind of reminds me a little more like it had a lot of Romita in it. So that's I feel like what his new guys would have been if that actually happened. But I always think that he should have they should have DC should have really conned him into doing a Superman thing, like if not just drawing it because they say they got Kirby, but they were struggling with how you know ugly that Kirby was. Like why not just get the guys that were the you know the Michelangelos? So why don't they pay money and give Busima and uh, yeah, we, yeah and, that's and, something we should we, we should do a show on we should do a show on that with the uh, the whole thing with Kirby and the uh, his fate. Well, cause you're talking about the whole thing with Ramita and the faces being drawn. Ramita drawing the faces over. Well, and then I mean, you get over. You should do. We should do something on what was going on with Kirby because that I always thought that was taken like well out of context because they would. That wasn't like something that was specifically done to Kirby in terms of changing his faces. That was done to everybody. Well, I mean, not to not to even get that far into it. Just having him like because Kirby was thinking of just editing and Ramita drawing, and I think Ramita on his angle being like, "Well, I probably would kind of try to move to inking," but 
I don't even think, I just think he should just done Superman in general. Like, I would think Wasima should have been, I mean, we've seen him do, like, you know, Superman and Spider-Man, but I think getting Romita over there or, or, or Gil Kane with Romita, some sort of combination, it would have been interesting to see him do, like, you know, a couple issues, you know, of Superman type of deal, since, because it wouldn't be plot, it'd probably be full script, and it might work to his advantage, but, um, but yeah, did, I, he, uh, hmm? did he touch up? I'm trying to remember. I know Neil Adams on the Amazing Spider Superman versus Amazing Spider Man. I know Ross Andrew is uh, credited with doing the art, and I know Neil Adams came and saw some stuff, and he was like, "No, he did the faces over for like I think some of the Superman stuff." But did John Romita come over and touch up anything for? Uh, yeah, Ross, you know, for Ross yeah. Andrew. I, I think. Yeah, I think, he, yeah, I think he was. He, he would do it on the same doing or whatever they could. To make it is <laughs> we're selling both these characters. Well, Neil Adams is more Marvel is more. I know that um, Ross Andrew knew knew that um, Gil, you know that um, Romita would come in and anything that he wanted to add, he would add. But Neil Adams just like in Continuity Studios, he just like I don't know made it like it was an agreement between him and Ross Andrew. And Neil Adams just walked in and said, "Nope, we're gonna redo this." <laughs> yeah. You know, I was like, what? <laughs> Give me a pencil. And that was pretty much it. Those are those nice behind the scene things. But uh and, oh, this issue the, here is a Terry and the Pirates one where he like kind of tried to get a he tried to get an issue that was a couple issues with um in Vietnam that um where he was inking himself and you know, really like pulling out all the stops at this point. So it's like one of the things where you see Someone, I mean, he kind of, when he talks about other artists, even Burns, he's like, oh, I would have learned so much coming to his house. And it's like, Burns, like, how, he, how can this guy say that? Look at the stuff he's done. But I, I wanted to pull some of this stuff out to kind of show. Well, you were about to say something when I chimed in. What were you about to say? No, actually, I lost it. I actually lost that train of thought. Oh, I'm sorry. But we had him on Cap, like him doing a bang up job on Captain America, like, you know, redesigned um, the Falcon, you know, gave him something close to what we would know later, you know, get him out the green outfit. You know, I was a fan of the red one, but look, look, look I mean, come on. It's, he's just uh, like, he's just a, a master of the form, even if he didn't. And that, the artist editions, I think, um, I don't know. They did one. Have they done one for Romita yet? I got, um, they got two. I think there's a third one. But I definitely got two. There's, there, I have the Gil Kane one that has inks by John Romita, but then they have two version two that um that um John Romita did. I think there's a third one of his, but it's 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 really nice. I mean, most of that stuff is Spider Man. It's inked by uh, Jim Mooney and a couple other guys, Frank Giacoa. But it's just like, I mean, it's great stuff. It's just like, and I hadn't planned on because you know I'm a big. Well, no, as a kid, you know, I bought the, you know, he did the covers for the Origins. Of, you can tell that he was the guy because he did the covers for the Origins of Marvel Comics and Son of Origins. And there's a Fantastic Four book that he did the cover for. So it's like all of that stuff was kind of, um, you know, he was the brand, or at least the face-wise was the brand of these things. But in that, it had a Ditko first issue of Spider-Man, and then it had Spider-Man versus the Shocker. And as a kid, all I cared about was um, Spider-Man. So it was just like anything more of that. So it wasn't like the way people are now where they look at a fill-in issue and then they're just like, 
I need to jump off a roof. <laughs> How did this fill-in issue get here? And it's like, as a kid, I, you know, it's like, just give me more and more of this stuff. So he, you know, it always, it was never a thing where, even though I leaned more towards the Ditko stuff, you know, when you get that early, you know, and seeing that Spider-Man, oh, actually, all of the artists, early artists, Russ Andrew, Gil Kane, you know, all those, you know, they felt like the real kind of Spider-Man type of deal. Even his, um, you know, even John Romita Jr., even though the Spider-Man he was doing was a lot tougher. But when I bought the annual with the new Captain Marvel with Monica Rambeau, um, John, John Romita Sr. inked it. So it was just like, oh, this John Romita Jr. is just as good as his, <laughs> his father. I, it wasn't until later we see the excellent where people are like, Ah, oh, how could he do give them all these terrible type of deal? Let me see. Well, I know I, I gave that up after maybe complaining about um, John Romita Jr. on X Men. I think it's around 180, where he has Professor Xavier like in the gym um, dribbling, and I was just like, oh my god! They not only is Professor X walking now, he's playing basketball because Michael Jordan's hot. And then John Romita Jr. does a sequence where he's dribbling. And I was just like, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if I, or any, I don't know who else could have done this sequence this well. Because he does. You got to let, let him play a little basketball. <laughs> he, got a brand, he got a brand new body from the Shiar. This guy can't. You know, well, what's the like, This is wrong. This is wrong. And then he won me over with that sequence. I was just like, but keep going. Sorry. Uh, he's got a new he's got a brand new body from the Shi'ar. if you can't dunk with that what's the sense <laughs> so, so um, i just i i didn't it didn't matter to me anyway i said they're gonna i said i know they're gonna put him back in a wheelchair eventually so just enjoy it while you enjoy it enjoy it while it lasts i said well, i already i said they can't i said they won't let ben i said ben Grimm is never going to get to change from the thing to ben Grimm and professor xavier your fate is in a wheel well i don't know what they're doing with them right now but I already knew. I already knew with the Marvel stuff. That's usually how it tended to go. So I was like, okay. Well, well on the side, the definite side note on that. Yes. With what's the name? With um, Chris, Chris Claremont, he kind of realized with the death of Gene, like, hey, maybe this change will work for you. Where Marvel's been keep the status quo, and then as he was going along, let me see how I can change that. Oh, Storm is Punk Storm. The physics can stand, and then it's like. You can see around issue 184, he realized, wait a second, um, SX being able to stand, uh, once he's up to speed, he, he basically doesn't need the X-Men. That's why he has the X-Men because he's in the wheelchair. <laughs> and then soon after, he, he, he gets rid of SX for five years. And the plan was to kill him. He's going to be at least a disembodied spirit after that. He's going to be killed by the, the Shadow King. It's just like, you're really trying to get make change, change. But ultimately, we've seen it. Also, there's some classic covers that he did layouts on. Like a lot of, we don't really look at it. We see the cover artists and we think, you know, like the same way a lot of, I mean, obviously Neil Adams did some great covers, but there are a lot of great covers that Carmen Infantino design, which obviously um, Neil Adams turned into to gold. And at the same time, a lot at Marvel, they had a lot of um, cover sketch artists. And you had to get to, um, you had to gain the, the, you know, the company's trust to do covers. 
you know, like someone like, that's why you have a lot of Dave Cochran covers over Burns stuff. Well, Dave Cochran kind of forced his way into doing covers on it where thinking he was going to get on Burns' nerves, but Burns was a big fan of Cochran. So he was like, oh, this, they should have told me I wasn't good enough. So that was it. But from there, you see a lot of um, cover. I haven't seen a lot of cover sketches, but there's, a, you know, Heroes for Hope by Arthur Adams, which is a classic cover. That's a John Romita um, sketch, like that whole basic outside of the Wolverine's a little more bent over, but the whole layout of the people are the same, but the same as um, that. And that I, I did, I did not know that. I did not know that that was a John Romita senior sketch. The, in the original, in the, they let Arthur Adams do the original of classic X-Men number one, which was a little dull. And then um, John Romita did a sketch of it to kind of bring the characters the way they should be and um arthur adams redid it to that too so there's a bunch i think there's a a brood cover that he did some even later stuff in the 90s that he did some cover sketches so i haven't seen all of them i've seen maybe like four or five so not only character design faces a lot of the covers that were out there there's some cover sketches that he did for them being a guy in the office and obviously Romita's raiders that came out of Basically, Kirby never, you know, keeping designs the same, and they and inkers would have to change it. From that point, they always had someone in the office, Marie Severin, and then John Romita took it over when he was doing. Um, he was being the, he was the art director, so he was constantly fixing and or the stuff that um, <laughs> I wouldn't understand it at times. Sometimes Shooter would do it, but it make no sense. It's like here's this image of. Um, Reed and Sue, right? Like, I understand when, um, who was it? Stan Lee's doing it, because Stan Lee is like, all right, we got this image of uh, Reed and Sue having this tender moment. Let me turn it into a Romita moment. And it's like, yeah, he's in the office. He's like, I, I think I can get a little more emotion out of it. Let's have John Romita do it. Then I was looking at, the, I think, Burns' last issue of the Fantastic Four, and I seen them, someone peel back the original image. I was like, I don't know why, and as a kid, I didn't understand why this was a Romita moment. So Burn call up and say, "I didn't like that." Hey, um, <laughs> John, hey, can you redo my the, uh, Reed and Sue? Because he's the he's the writer, the writer and the artist. Like, did he decide? I didn't understand that the editor, the the, the shooter would look at a shot and be like, "That's not really right." So, can you fix that? So, but like the art as the writer, you'd be like the same way Stan was. Can you fix that? Can you fix my drawing? <laughs> <laughs> then when I saw it originally, I was like, what the hell? But that is the ultimate help because you can see there's a lot of stuff as far as they were going from, started from Kirby, just keep things in line and keep things, you know, um, consistency and continuity. He had people that would, um, that a lot of great, so Scott Collins was in that group. There's um, a couple of people that not not as big that are artists that are, that are online, but a lot of people came out of the Romita's Raiders that were guys that would fix books and keep things on time, that sort of thing. But any other last words on John Romita? No. Hey, a great talent. Uh, definitely blessed to have him. Changed a lot. Well, you know, rest in peace, John Romita Sr. There will definitely not be another like you. Yeah, oh, for those, if, if, one other thing. For those of you guys who are Superman fans, he did do some Superman art. He did one cover. He did one cover because his son, John Romita Jr., was actually doing Superman. And even though I'm not a big fan of that outfit, it is the only cover 
that John Romita Sr. Do, actually did. I don't. This is the only art I believe he did for Superman at all. But it's all John. It's all John Romita Sr. So if you're a Superman fan, you're looking for something. That's a good. That's a good piece to pick up for yourself. If you're lucky, you might even you might even find one that's a, a bit more personalized. If you get my meaning. <laughs> and um, I guess I can bring up or uh, see from here the the magazine that he did that Stan was totally against. Like, no, let's not do this. I think this is the second one. The first one was black and white. And Stan was like, no, we don't need to do this. <laughs> and it sold well enough that he did another one. And um, in this issue, I think it's somewhere in here. I don't know. I don't know if we can be able to see it. But it's like the throwback going back to the what's the name. But yeah, I mean, there's some classic stuff to get out there. Some artist editions, um, the Superman cover. Uh, what else? This is the, a lot of great books to go and check out and see him um, do. And, um, you know, as long as we have it in print, there's always going to be a way to see some of these guys. But um, I didn't get into any of my Marie Severance stories of the jokes that he got, but imagine them being back together and um, in the, somewhere in the heavens. And they have to, both him and Trimpy have to deal with Marie Severance doing more jokes about them. So, uh, you know, RIP, great work, um, great body of work, and, and thank you for keeping that consistency that was started with uh, Kirby and Ditko and Stan all together. They were able to keep it, whereas, you know, we even got a new strip. Those, I think they're gonna try to put a, do a, a decent volume for that. I think that might be an artist edition too. They're gonna try to get that together, which I, you know. That would be really cool. That would be really cool if they could, if they could actually, well, it's a new strip. So yeah, they shouldn't have too much difficulty putting that together. All that stuff is still on file. But um, that's, I mean, seeing that as a kid was one of the major things, especially the corner where he like, looks like he's struggling holding a bus and the Spider-Man in the, in the comics probably could hold the bus up with one hand, but that's kind of the strength of Spider-Man that I like, like not that strong, but anyway. All right. So, uh, we're going to spin a rack. Out. Out.